Father, we just uh, come before you as the people that you love. We're so glad we belong to you. And our prayer is, Lord, that you would do a work in us today. You do a work in us as a body, the body of Christ, that we'd each know our part, our place, our calling, and fulfill it. Lord, would you breathe on the words that I speak now and cause them to bear much fruit. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> well, there's this guy, and he was running for political office, but he was a movie star before that, and he was convinced that he could win this national office because he was so popular and everybody had to know who he was. He was very full of himself. He's convinced that everybody knew who he was, and because of his popularity, he would be a shoe-in uh, for political office. So he went around <clears throat> talking to people, and he went down to Florida and went to a, you know, elderly home. He went to a nursing home, and he thought, I'm going to start here because they still vote. So he went in, <clears throat> and, he con and he walked right into uh, this lady who's standing there. She's 95 years old, and he looked at her, and he says, do you know who I am? And she says, no, son, I don't know who you are. He says, of course you know who I am. I'm a celebrity. I'm on television every day. You got to know who I am. She says, look, Sonny, I don't know who you are. He says, it's not possible for you to not know who I am. Everyone knows who I am. You got to know who I am. Who am I? About that time, another woman walks up. She's in a walker. She's 100 years old. She says, relax, relax. This happens around here quite often. We'll call the head nurse. She'll tell you who you are. <clears throat> well, my question for us this morning is, do you know who you are? Do you know why you are here? Do you know why you exist? Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1 and verse 16 says this says, for by him, referring to Christ, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, including us, all things have been created by him and for him. Now, the him in this passage is clearly referring to Jesus Christ. So all things have been created by Christ and for Christ. So you have been created by Christ and you have been created for Christ. So that's why you're on the earth. That's why I am on the earth. <clears throat> we are on this earth right now to glorify Jesus Christ. So it's important that we never forget that because in the process of just living life, we have so many things that we're focused on at different times. And sometimes we got to just back away and remember why we're here. We are here to glorify Jesus Christ. You are here to glorify Christ. Above everything else that we're involved in, that we give ourselves to, you're here to glorify Christ. Okay, so the next question ought to be, okay, then how do I do that? How do I glorify Christ? Now, a big part of us being able to glorify Christ, a big part of the answer, how do I do that, 
is by fulfilling your calling. Fulfilling your calling. Every follower of Jesus Christ has a calling. You have a calling. You have a purpose. So many Christians don't realize that they have a calling. And so one of the reasons why much of the church, I think around the world, lacks passion is because they don't understand that they have a calling. And so instead of living life with purpose, they kind of drift through life. They drift through life with ignorance and apathy. But the truth is, and even though most Christians don't realize this, the Bible's quite clear that if you are a follower of Christ, you have a calling. You're supposed to fulfill it. You're supposed to fulfill your calling. That is one of the key ways that you glorify Christ. You know, Jesus says in John 10, 10, he says, I came that, that we, us, we might have life. He says, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. So if Jesus promised it, then why are so many Christians not having it? Well, one of the key reasons why so many Christians don't have it is because they are not fulfilling their calling, their purpose. They are drifting through life. Instead of living life by design, they're living life by default. And they're slowly drifting into apathy because they are living with unclear purpose. I think one of the biggest passion killers there is to life is to live life with unclear purpose. If you have no sense about what you're here for, I mean, what's the motivation to even get up in the morning? You know, so it's so important that we understand how, that we each have a purpose. You have a purpose. You have a calling. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. One, you know, clear way to live, you know, without passion is to have no clear purpose, no vision, no understanding of your calling. And so it's important that if we're going to live life with passion, that we understand our purpose. Passion and purpose go together in life. So many people, you know, if, if their goal in life is simply to live as comfortably as possible. And if you have that as your goal, or if you, your goal is just to live for yourself, then you will live life very unhappily and very bored. But you have been made for so much more, so much more than that. So many people think, you know, I'm just here to make a living. You can, you can, have a, you know, you can make a living, but not have a purpose for your life. But you have purpose, you have calling on your life. You are made for more than yourself. You are made for a greater cause than yourself. You are made for a greater vision, a greater purpose. So it's important that every one of us understands that God put us on this planet for a reason. God put you here for a reason, for a purpose. You know, if, if you don't have a sense of purpose, you'll live life without passion. There's going to be motion without meaning in your life. You're going to have activity without direction. And life is going to be trivial, and it's going to be petty, and it's going to be pointless. If we don't understand why we're here, you're here to glorify Christ. And one of the main ways you do that is by fulfilling your calling. You know that uh, most of the ministries at Grace Community Church were started by the people of Grace Community Church 
because they had passion and they had vision and they understood they had a calling. You know, a lot of people think that most of the ministries at Grace Community Church are started by the leaders of Grace Community Church. And I want you to know that if you're expecting all the ministries of the church to come from the pastors and the elders, then we would have a much smaller bunch of ministries, way smaller. But that's not how God designed it. See, God's Holy Spirit lives in every believer. And he stirs in you a sense of calling. And when we respond to that, and we, you know, walk in faith in that, then ministries are born. Do you know every big ministry on planet Earth right now started as a small ministry? And every small ministry on planet Earth started with a few people that understood they had purpose. They had calling. They had Holy Spirit power. And they could do it. See, the problem is, so much of the church has been taught, and it's not, it's not church members' fault, I don't believe, as much as it is church leaders' fault throughout history. So much of the church has been taught that you are an audience, not an army. So much of the church has been taught, look, just file in, sit in rows, file out, and behave yourself. They haven't been liberated to understand, no, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You are, a, you know, you have, there's the priesthood of the believer. There's a calling on your life. It's not just the pastor has a calling and the missionary has a calling. All the saints, all, every believer has a calling, has a purpose. And before an architect designs a building, he will first ask, what will be the purpose of the building? How will it be used? See, the intended function of the building will determine its form. Before God created you, he decided what role you would play on planet Earth. He planned exactly how he wanted to use you, how he wanted you to serve. And then when he made you, he shaped you for that purpose. And then he puts you through life experiences to help train you for that purpose. He put his Holy Spirit in you and gave you gifts for that purpose. You were shaped to serve God. God deliberately shaped you, <clears throat> formed you, to, so you would serve in a unique ministry. Every one of us. This acrostic from the word shape, S-H-A-P-E, Really, Rick Warren is one who came up with it in his Purpose Driven Life book, which is the second uh, largest selling book in the history of the world next to the Bible. It's a helpful book. But this shape acrostic basically is saying this, that we each have a certain shape. No one's shape is the same. And what does shape stand for? S stands for spiritual gifts. H stands for heart passion something we're passionate about in our heart. A stands for abilities, what abilities we have, God-given and those that we developed. P stands for personality type. And E stands for experiences, the life experiences you've gone through that have also shaped, also shaped you. And so this is a very helpful acrostic. I just want to briefly comment on each of these letters for a moment. Because as I'm speaking about this, I want you to think about yourself and how God has shaped you. 
how he's called you because he shaped you according to your calling. S stands for spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, as each one has received a special gift, each one, each one in the body of Christ, each one in the church, you, as each one has received a special gift, you've got one. Most Christians don't know they have one. They've never been told they have one. The Bible tells us clearly you've got one at least. You have a special gift from God. As each one has received a special gift, employ it. Now you've got to use it. An unwrapped gift is worthless. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards or managers. We manage what we've been given of the manifold, many varied grace of God. For the grace of God looks like on each one of us, it is a spiritual gift, an empowerment for purpose, for meaning, for calling. And you have one. You know, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, I would not want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. And when he says that, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, there's nothing I can think of that the body of Christ is not more ignorant about around planet earth than spiritual gifts. But you've got one. You have one. An unopened gift is worthless. You have to open it. You have to employ it. To whom much is given, much is required. We will have to give an account for what we did with it to Christ one day. To whom much is given, much is required. Some of you have gifts and abilities you've never used. You've never used them. Some of you have gifts and abilities you have prematurely retired. You're still breathing. You still got work to do. They're still in you. We are going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ on what we do, what he gave us. It's so important. And my, 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 one of my passions is that every one of you do well at the judgment seat of Christ. That's why I remind you of these things. So you'll do well. So you'll say, you know what? I need to snap out of my lethargy, snap out of my apathy. I need to realize I've been given a gift by God and I need to use it, employ it, because I'm not to give account for it. So if you're a Christian, you have at least... One gift. Again, here's another verse that says that. Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Jesus functioned with all the spiritual gifts. Remember the Son of God emptying himself, becoming a man. He didn't do any miracles till his baptism when the Holy Spirit came upon him. And now as a man, he would do his ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he had a spirit without measure, the Bible says. He had all the spiritual gifts. And when he ascended to heaven after the resurrection, he poured out these gifts upon the body of Christ. And he gave this gift to you and this gift to you and this gift to you and this gift to you. And he gave all these different gifts. He measured out what gift he wanted each person to have. Let me read it again, Ephesians 4, 7. To each one of us, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. You have a spiritual gift, at least one. 
And it's essential for the body of Christ to function properly. If the, if the church around the world would get this truth, I tell you what, we would, we would change the world in a week. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 18 talks about how important it is that we function properly in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. He's talking about a human body here for a moment. Okay, let's not, let's not lose the simplicity of this illustration. The body's not one member, but many. We have lots of different parts of our body. Hands, feet, eyes, nose, mouth, ears. Verse 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this, re- it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, well, that's an ugly thought, isn't it? If the whole body were an eye, where did I just lost my place? Where would the hearing be? Thank you. <laughs> See how we work together as a body here. If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each of them, in the body just as he desired. So again, I mean, it's so important that we understand that, I mean, how the body, each part must cooperate. I mean, you're gonna, your whole body is going to cooperate in, in a moment. As you, as you walk out of here, some of you are thinking, I can't wait, there's food over at the ministry fair. <laughs> and your feet are going to get you over there. Your legs are going to cooperate. You're going to walk in. Your eyes are going to see where the food is. Your nose is going to smell it. Your hand's going to reach for it. Your mouth's going to chew it. Your body's going to, your stomach's going to digest it. I mean, if all those parts are working together to accomplish a purpose. Now, that illustration is how the church is supposed to work. The church is the body of Christ. So we each do our part, work interdependently, and we get the job done around the world. But what if the church has never been taught they're part of the body? They've never been taught they're an army, they're taught they're an audience, and all they do is file in, file out, go to work, watch TV every night, go to bed. And so we've got to understand, it's important that you, we each understand our function and we fulfill it. So here's the question, do you know what your function is? Do you know? Do you know how God has shaped, has shaped you as standing for spiritual gifts? You say, well, no, I don't. I, some of you are thinking, I didn't even know I had one. By the way, I used to take, uh, you know, ask people honestly to raise their hands, but it's pretty much the same every time. But here, any group I've ever spoken to, about a third of the Christians, in all honesty, didn't know they had a spiritual gift. And about a third of them heard they had one but don't know what it is. And the other third, they have a pretty good idea what it is, and they're functioning in it in some capacity maybe. But do you know what your function is? Do you know what your calling is? Do you know what your gift is? You say, well, no, I don't. How do I find out? The best way to discover your gifts and abilities is to experiment with different areas of service. Just start serving. And you're going to get a chance to do this in a moment. You're going to find out all kinds of places you can start serving as you go across to the ministry fair in just a moment. You can see all kinds of ministries. You can check it out and you can experiment you can spare experiment. By the way, if it doesn't work, understand it's just an experiment. It's not a failure. 
there is something you're good at. We want to find out what it is. And it's going to take a little experimenting, serving, a little trial and error. You're going to try something and go, boy, that didn't work. And that's okay. Don't give up. You keep trying things and you're going to find out a niche. You're going to find out something that you do it and you're good at it and you love it when you do it. And it bears fruit. So it's so important that you understand that I think probably all of us have abilities and gifts that, that we have never used and we don't even know we have because we haven't tried them out. We've never been in a, in a certain situation where we, 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 we could really be forced to try out that aspect of ministry. I want to encourage you to try some things you never tried before. Experiment. And by the way, no matter how old you are, I urge you to never stop experimenting. So don't try to figure out your gifts before you volunteer. Just start volunteering and serving somewhere, and you're going to ricochet your way in to finding your calling. So that's the first thing. Yes, stands for spiritual gifts. You have one, at least one, maybe more. You need to find out what it is, how, by serving, you'll find out, and you'll be able to employ it more and more. H stands for heart passions. Now, the Bible uses the term heart to describe the bundle of desires and hopes and interests and ambitions and dreams and affections you have. Your heart represents kind of the source of all your motivations, what you love to do, what you care about. It's your heart passion. I mean, it's something that when you think about it, you get excited. When you talk about it, you're excited. It's an area that you really love to serve in. And I wish every one of you would do this, and I think you should do this on a regular basis. I think I wish you'd lay in bed and look at the ceiling and think, Lord, if I had $100 billion, what would I do for you? And what, what that does is that kind of takes some of the parameters off our dreaming a little bit. And a lot of times we'll find out what we're really passionate about. And you say, if I could do that, I'd build orphanages all over. You say, well, okay, you don't have $100 billion. Why don't you start by maybe sponsoring one orphan? He's faithful to little, he's faithful to much. That's how the kingdom works. By the way, again, you know, you think, well, I have this, this passion to do this ministry, but we don't have it at Grace Community Church. One of the things we're going to have at the ministry fair is something called the dream zone. And as soon as the service is over, I'll be standing at the dream zone. Those of you that have dreams of ministries that you want to do, not a dream that you want me to do, I already have dreams, but you can come and write them out. And what we try to do is if we find a few other people that had that same dream, we put them together and we start to see their gifts function, pray together. And we try to, we, and we try to resource it and help it, coordinate it, but let it, it's, you know, it's organic. Let it live, you know, and see what happens with it. And that's how ministries are born. So if you have a dream of a ministry we're not doing, come write it out. Come, you know, come tell me about it. I'll be standing over there. We want to see a lot more ministries at Grace take place. So there's going to be a dream zone over there. So you have heart passions. What are they? What is it you would love to see happen? Dude, a lot of those ministries you're going to plug into, you're going to see something going, wow, I didn't know that was here. I would love to do that. Sign up and start serving. So spiritual gifts, S, heart passions, H. A stands for abilities. Again, our abilities are a strong indication of what God wants us to do in our life and ministry. They're clues for how God wants to use you. See, God doesn't waste abilities. There's so many people that have abilities that are used in a working world, 
And and, and they, but they don't bring them to their ministry. They don't bring them to the church. You know, it's really amazing to me to think about this, that you have, uh, right now in this country, on Sunday morning, around this country, you have brilliant entrepreneurs sitting in church services that they've never, that, that they use their gift all week long, but they shut it down on Sunday. And, and they don't realize that, hey, take, bring, bring your abilities to the church too. Make us better. And so it's so important that we take our abilities and realize that not just to make a living, they're also to do a ministry. How can I use this ability to help God's church really be effective? All right? P stands for personality. There's never been one just like you. There never will be one just like you. God made you with the personality you have, and he wants to use you with the personality you have. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to psych it up and be somebody you're not. If you're an introvert, you don't have to be an extrovert. Isn't that great? God wants you to use your personality just the way that you are. And finally, E stands for experiences. You have been shaped by the experiences you've gone through in your life. It is part of what shaped you. And God has allowed those experiences to mold you for ministry. I want you to think about some of the experiences you've had. Why did you grow up in the family you grew up in? You ever wonder? God could have put you in another family. But there's something that he shaped in you through that family that's strategic. Why did you get the education that you've had, you have? How has that shaped you? What about your vocational experiences? Some of the jobs that you had, it's like, why did I have that crummy job for a year? Well, there's something that God shaped in you through that. How about your spiritual experiences and, and, and throughout your life and how they've shaped you? And what about painful experiences? Those painful things you've been through, those hurts, those trials that you've learned from, they've shaped you. And by the way, God never wastes hurt either. In fact, I believe a lot of times your greatest ministry will come out of your greatest pain. You'll be able to speak to, into situations, and it won't be theory when it comes from you. It'll be life because you've been there. You've been through it. So we have been shaped. All of us have been shaped to serve God. Stop and think. No one's been shaped just like you. Nobody on planet Earth has the same spiritual gifts, heart, passions, abilities, personality type, and life experiences that you have. So nobody's got your shape. God wants to use you the way he shaped you. So many people just want the good life, and I'm telling you, the good life is not so good if you don't have a purpose and meaning and a cause. It won't be satisfying. It just can't be. So many people don't live the abundant life because they don't get in the game and fulfill their calling. Fulfill your calling. 2 Timothy 2.4 says this, No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Again, one of the metaphors of the church where the body of Christ were also the army of God. We're called soldiers. We must never forget that, that you are a soldier in the army. You are not just sitting in an audience. You're a soldier in the army. When my, our kids were younger, Tracy and I took them to Washington, D.C., and we went through all the different 
parts of Washington, D.C., so our kids will be exposed to. There's so much there that's so helpful, educational, inspiring. And one of the things that, one of the places we went to that kind of bored the kids but thrilled me was the Pentagon. And you think, why was that, why did that thrill you? It thrilled me because of the clarity. Everybody knew their job. And there was this great diversity, and yet there was unity. And everybody knew their part. And it all worked together. And I came out of thinking, and here's the church of Jesus Christ, the most important army on planet Earth, and most people don't even know their job. Most don't even know they got a job. I thought, how insane is that? You have a calling. Fulfill your calling. Just a moment, I'm going to close this in prayer. And I want you to understand that, you know, how we want to encourage you to do this. Uh, first of all, I beg you, after you get your kids, don't be, you're tempted to walk out that door and get in your car and go home. Don't. Come back, go across the parking lot to the ministry care. All of us, please go there. No one's going to twist your arm. You're not under obligation. Just go. Go. And there's going to be, you can get a shirt like this, Team Gray shirt, because that's what it is. We're part of a team. We're all on a team. And this team has only one superstar, Jesus Christ. And so get your T-shirt. And also, those of you that already have ministries, there's stickers for your different ministry. You can put the stickers on. And then you're going to walk around table after table, and you can ask questions. You can sign up and say, how can I begin to serve? And when you, when you sign up, they're going to put another sticker on that shirt you just got. And, we're just, and it's a fun time, but it's also a serious time. We're doing all this because we want to help you find a place of ministry for your own good, for the kingdom's good, for the glory of Christ. So fulfill your ministry. In just a moment, you're going to be able to go across there. Again, let me remind you, before you go, get your kids. Okay? Because I will hear about it if they're left back there. Get them and bring them with you. They want to eat too. And then go across and just begin to look for ways you can experiment. Some of you say, I already know my ministry. Do I need to go across? Yes, please go across. Go across and be part of the celebration of what God is doing through Grace Community Church. We are thrilled what God has graced us to do. And he gets all the credit, but we're thrilled that he is letting us be part of it. And so you have this awesome opportunity to fulfill your calling. Don't let it slip by. And so let's stand for prayer. And uh, if, if you're new here, I'd love to meet you too, but I'm going to be over there, so come find me over there. So let's close in prayer. Father, we ask, you to, we ask you to breathe on this. Pour out your spirit upon this. Lord, would you supernaturally intersect people and ministries? Would you do something that there's no way we could organize our way to it? Lord, we need you. We trust you. Would you stir the gifts of the Holy Spirit in each one of us, even now? Stir us by the Spirit of God. Or would you cause us that would you cause there to be a stirring of passion in us to do what you've called us to do, you've made us to do? And Lord, would you enable each one of us now to walk in faith and courage? And would you take us further than we've ever gone before as a church? I pray, Lord, the best days of this church would be ahead of us, not behind us. And we ask you, Lord, to energize that today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Dismiss a little early because we want to get you over to the ministry fair, so please go on over.